the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On this Veterans Day, we pause to consider and thank those men and women who've given their service, their time, their effort, in many cases, their lives for us to be here today. Zach Moon is with us. Zachary Moon is the professor of... um, at the Chicago Theological Seminary, his research uh, focuses on the role of military chaplains, congregations, and ministry with veterans and mi- military families. He wrote a piece a couple of years back at uh, Christianity Today called Neither Heroes Nor Head Cases. And, of course, a military chaplain would know that firsthand. And, uh, Zachary, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So talk about what you think are the obvious or maybe not obvious misconceptions that the regular American has about those who serve. Yeah, I don't even know if I would frame it as a misconception. I think what so often happens is, particularly at a time of Veterans Day, you know, we tell hero stories. Uh, we, we talk about how much we appreciate how thankful we are for our veterans. Um, and for myself and, and for those that I served with, you know, we appreciate the appreciation, and uh, there's sometimes uh, parts of our experience, um, parts of what we have survived, parts of what we have endured, uh, parts of what our families um, have sacrificed mm-hmm. as a part of their service as a military family, um, that uh, are a little bit more uh, than than just uh, thank you for your service uh, can kind of cover, and so. Um, you know, when I think about uh, church community, I think about what a magnificent place uh, to really be able to hold uh, veterans, to be really able to hold uh, military families, um, uh, abide with them in the kinds of loving relationships um, that help to see us come all the way home um, uh, following our military service. Um, I'm not as worried about the misconceptions as I am about places in which uh, we sometimes stop short in having the whole conversation and really being in relationship uh, all the way. Uh, the folks that we need in our lives more than anything are like uh, good and steadfast friends, you know, the kind of folks who are willing to hang in there with you when you're not at your best. Um, that's really that kind of next step, you know, uh, beyond thank you for your service, beyond appreciation on Veterans Day. I see. Um, you know, we need those kind of good friends in our lives. Right. So, Zachary, would you mind sharing your military service with us? T- talk about you as a young man and, you know, your entry into the service. What branch were you in? Yeah, I served as a Navy chaplain. My time in was um, uh, with uh, the Marines, uh, is who I served with. Um, I grew up, uh, my father um, uh, served two tours in Vietnam in the Army, uh, and he never really talked that much about his military experience. There was maybe one or two stories from his experience that I ever heard him share. Really? And it wasn't until I started talking to him about feeling called to do military chaplaincy uh, and began working as a chaplain uh, resident in a VA hospital system. As a lot of the guys that I was working with there were Vietnam uh, veterans themselves. 
and and I was talking to him about you know the work that I was doing there, and I think that helped to open up a conversation between us across those generations. Uh, and he started being able to be more connected with some of his stories and sharing those with me. I don't think I really realized how much of an impact military service had on him and through him had on me uh, until I started uh, doing this work myself. Uh, and then uh, about a year beyond that, I uh, commissioned uh, with the Navy and spent some time serving in uniform at that time. Um, really realizing that as much as I value doing the work within the VA uh, hospital context, um, that I really felt kind of called uh, to really go and be in the places where um, uh, these wonderful uh, men and women who serve in uniform on our behalf, to really go where they are. I think with chaplaincy, you know, the really beautiful opportunity, the, the blessed privilege that it is to serve in ministry in that kind of capacity yeah. is to be with folks where they are in the midst of what they're dealing with, in the midst of what they're facing, um, and to be uh, a presence um, and a vessel of God's love. Uh, in in the midst of whatever it is uh, that they're facing uh, in that moment, and I consider it to be a singular privilege in my life to I be bet. Able to have done that ministry. I mean, I admire that. I mean, anybody who's uh, serving, but then of course you're serving Jesus Christ in the greater community as well. We've got a friend, Kath and I do, uh, and their your, their son went into the Marine Corps, and I'll never forget this. You know, I sent him a letter while he was in basic training just to say, hey, you know, thinking about you, praying for you, and uh, he wrote back and he said something to the effect of, you know, I'm in a prayer group here at Marine Boot Camp, he said, but in the prayer group, there's a little more swearing than usual than most prayer groups. Uh, and yes, so, I think that's probably true. I think probably more, more uh, higher, higher than average. Uh, <laughs> uh, there. And I think, and then I think, you know, because of that, it takes a particular kind of minister. It takes somebody who can recognize uh, that God stands with people, uh, and 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 God doesn't just you know run out of the room uh, just because some salty language gets used. Yeah. Uh, being able to think about how to be. Uh, that consistent and persistent uh, presence in people's lives, and uh, and 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 recognize the language and the culture for being what it is, and also be able to see each and every one of those uh, Marines or or whatever branch you're serving with, to be able to see them as a beloved child of God, deserving uh, of our care, our compassion. Um, and to be uh, a company, to be able to be supported uh, in the midst of their military service. Zachary Moon is with us, professor at Chicago Theological Seminary, um, also a uh, Navy veteran. I want to ask you about the lack of conversation that a lot of veterans seem to have with their family members or whatever. You mentioned that your dad was a Vietnam vet. He didn't really say anything about it, and it wasn't until later that you you guys – had a commonality and that caused him to, you know, express to you how important that military service was. So what keeps men and women from talking about those experiences? Is it the horror of it? Is it the fact that there's no possible way civilians could ever understand? It just takes too, it would take too long to explain that, you know, all the intricacies of what military life is like. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things kind of working to create that particular situation. You know, one part of it is, um, you know, you're going through boot camp, you're going through basic training, and you're hearing again and again and again, you know, you are, you are the few um, American citizens who are willing to put on a uniform in this generation, you know, a 1%, you know. 
of, uh, of, of our citizens have been willing to do this, even though we have been at war now for more years uh, than we ever have been in, in our nation's history. Uh, so you hear that again and again and again, and part of what your training is about is being deeply connected uh, to the people who are there shoulder to shoulder with you uh, in that experience. And so when you get home and you don't have those folks around you anymore, uh, it's a ch- it's a challenge to adjust to being able to see civilian folks uh, as someone who you can trust, you know, to the same degree that you were able to be not just trusting these folks in your unit, but but willing to lay down your life for those folks. Um, and it's it, it's such a deep impact on you um, to have been in that experience. And if you see in civilians a kind of lack of seriousness, lack of awareness, even that we have been at war for these many years and, and the sacrifices that it's take to, to have done that, uh, that can become a certain kind of barrier. I think within families, though, what, what I have heard and, and witnessed even in my own experience is uh, we hold back because these are the people that we care about the most and and the pain that we feel the grief uh, that we carry with us we don't want to extend that pain um, there's it's almost a kind of protective measure to say if if i share this story with you uh, out loud uh, and and um, uh, i don't want you to feel the pain i don't want you to feel the grief that i know and so i'm going to i'm going to hold back and it's not because we we're trying to be evasive a, 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 a or uh, or avoid our family members. It's it's merely a, a kind of protective measure. Now, but here's the real challenge with this: um, when when veterans stay in that mindset of saying, "I can only trust another veteran," I can only trust another veteran uh, to share these experiences with. Um, it's not to say that those aren't special relationships. They are special relationships because of the ways we've been shaped by that experience. But it also means that our interpersonal world might get really, really small, right? If, if I'm saying, hey, I can only talk uh, to somebody right. else who put on the uniform. And if we're talking about Marines, right. right, the Marines are a tiny minority within that tiny minority, right? So my Marines, you know, they don't want to talk to somebody in the Air Force. You know, they, they're only going to talk to another Marine. So, um, so that interpersonal world can become very, very small. And what I worry about as a person of faith is... Uh, when we get into the hardest situations in our lives, we need not one or two people. We need a whole community of people to be able to be with us, uh, to be able to receive that support and that care in those kinds of times. Um, and I'm not just talking about stuff related to your military service. I'm talking about the real hardships that come along as a part of our lives. And if if an individual, if a person's uh, interpersonal world has gotten so small that they don't feel like they can talk to somebody uh, in that moment of crisis, in that moment of pain and hardship that they might be feeling, you know, that's that's where folks really get themselves in the most trouble. And so what I always say to folks in the church is, if you're a civilian, it's all the more important that you can show up and be trustworthy, be authentic, be honest in that relationship, and hang in there in that friendship, because if you can do that, if a veteran can feel that you are trustworthy as a civilian, it means maybe I can trust another civilian. Maybe I can trust um, a whole bunch of civilians, and then my interpersonal world gets bigger again, right? It, it, it gets back to a place where I can see people as being potential friends uh, and not just uh, kind of dismiss uh, everybody sight unseen to say, well, mm. you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't get it, I probably can't trust you. If even that one connection is, is able to be made authentically, you are having a transformative impact on somebody's life, uh, and it might be a life-saving kind of connection that you have uh, with that person. That's really good.
Zachary Moon's with us. So what about you then, Zachary? You know, you're not in um, a pastoral ministry, so to speak, with a, with a regular church, are you? Uh, no, not currently. I don't serve in that capacity. No, my, my ministry now is uh, in teaching, is in uh, helping communities and helping uh, students here at the seminary uh, to be able to, to develop their uh, pastoral gifts, uh, to be able to discern and strengthen uh, their calls to ministry. I get to work with folks now who uh, have, like me, uh, received a call to do military chaplaincy and think about how to prepare them. Uh, what are what are the real skills and 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 practices that they'll need to be able to do that ministry faithfully and effectively? Mm. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine you know being a, a young man or a young woman uh, separated from those you love and going out and serving your country and be surrounded by chaos and needing someone, needing a voice uh, of light and wisdom and reason to speak to. And there you are representing Jesus Christ standing in front of guys. What's that like? I mean, um, I'm sure you get a lot of pushback as well, right? Guys who are not believers look at you as not really a soldier and, you know, some kind of a holy guy that's kind of hard to pigeonhole. Yeah, that's right. From some folks, they see you as being, you know, uh, well, if you're religious, you must be apart from us. And then you see other folks who who see you as being less than, right? So you get those projections kind of working against you both ways. Yeah. I think the thing that's really um, means a lot to folks is is realizing um, that that you would be willing to do that job. Uh, I think that 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 opens a lot of folks' heart to this. Mm. And and as we were talking about a little bit earlier with the salty language, you know, coming up during the Bible study or or during the prayer meeting, um, I, I think that salty language is sometimes a way of testing, mm-hmm. right? Of saying, hey, are are you going to be the kind of religious person who's going to get uh, scared of of this word or scared of this conversation? And if if a military chaplain runs away, what it says to that person is, God's going to run out on me too. You know, Jesus isn't going to stick around to be in my life. But when those chaplains can be steadfast, who can stick around, who can say, okay, I see you using that language. I see you, uh, you know, testing me a little bit. And what I want you to know is um, I'm going to hang in here with you uh, because I love you and I, and I care for you and I believe that God created us to belong to each other and be in relationship with each other. Whether you even say any of that out loud in words, even just by virtue of being present and being willing to get out there and be wherever uh, our men and women are serving, it says something about God. It says something about who Jesus is in people's lives, and, and that has a powerful impact on folks. Look, most of the Marines I served with um, weren't going to church uh, when they were stateside. They, uh, it may be a long time uh, before they ever set foot in, inside a church. I happen to believe uh, that God loves them in this moment and, and every moment, and so I don't uh, worry too much about their church membership card. Uh, what, what I worry about is, do they have a signpost in their life that reminds them about how powerful God's love and God's grace and God's mercy is, um, and how that's a kind of power that doesn't just come and go, uh, but is a force in our universe. And because I believe that, that becomes my job. My job is show up like that, be like that in these folks' lives. Uh, So whether or not uh, they come to the Bible study or not, whether or not they set foot in church or not right now, None of that uh, is is what I would evaluate my job on because if I know that if I show up and be faithful and and be that that sign of mercy and grace in that person's life, 
uh, that it will have been a job well done, and it, it will have communicated something uh, that I think is the gospel message uh, in their lives. Zachary, we're so happy that you were able to join us today. Yeah. I mean, it's just been really wonderful to talk to you. I really appreciate your honesty in encouraging us to have a, the whole conversation, as you called it early on, with our veterans. And so um, we're Thank grateful. You. We appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Our great pleasure. From Chicago Theological Seminary, Professor Zachary Moon has been with us. A few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that each of my predecessors has had a similar moment And I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same, if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. The armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And I wonder, in fact, if all Americans' prayers aren't the same as those I mentioned a moment ago. For all we can ever do for our heroes is remember them and remember what they did and memories are transmitted through words. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.